All right. Good morning. We are talking about today violence against Asian Americans, specifically stemming from the events that happened on March 16th. And we'll go further in with um, the eight people that were murdered, six of whom were Asian Americans. And here comes Murray. Hi. Hello. I love that song you were playing. Now I want to rewatch the movie. If anybody's curious about where that song came from, it's from Over the Moon. It's a Netflix original, and it's just a really feel-good AAPI movie. Specifically Chinese. Specifically Chinese. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So, oh, let me put in the trigger warnings, and then if you want to um, kind of explain the history of what happened on March 16th. Yeah, so um, what we have written here is a hate crime occurred on March 16th in Atlanta, Georgia, across three spot locations. And the shooter, contrary to police and media coverage, meant to murder Asian women, killed eight people, six of them of Asian descent. The terrorist, who honestly, I don't even think we really bothered to put his name in here. No, I didn't on purpose. No, because he doesn't, he's just another terrorist. Um, claimed to have a sex addiction um and that led to a very interesting conversation that i think we're going to get farther into um but yeah he claimed that he targeted these locations specifically to eliminate eliminate temptation for his sex addiction um and then when it came to talking about that captain jay barker of the cherokee county police i believe specifically um Mm -hmm said that he was having a bad day. Now, something that we really want to highlight here when we talk about addiction and when we talk about this specific instance is addiction is a problem. Addiction is a thing that is completely legitimate and is something that every people need to work through. And as it being said, there are thousands of sex addicts in the world that have never killed people and so when we talk about sex addiction in this sense that's what we're talking about or like when we're talking about him him and we talk about his actions we are talking about his sex addiction in that sense we are not trying to discount anybody who may struggle with sex addiction or any addiction in general right and then something that i had thought about this morning is that when he claims to want to target a specific location, wants to eliminate temptation. Um, And also that he said he had plans to go to Florida to target, quote, some type of porn industry in that state. He is then communicating that they over there are the problem and not him, which is dangerous. And that takes the blame off of his own sex addiction that he claims to have. There's also reports coming out that he visited two of the three locations that he later attacked. Um, Do you want to touch on his active role in a church? Yes. So when I was researching what had happened, there was an article by the Washington Post that in their religion section where they had reported on how he was an active member of a church, and how church leaders will need to readjust how they lead or whatever. I didn't read it to its com- 
like fullest. I went like halfway and I just started thinking about how they're reporting on mass murderers, shooters, white supremacists, however you want to call them. Um, there's always some personified, like really personal connection that they report on. So like him being an active church member speaks to people and America being a very Christian country that, oh, he was a good person. Yeah. Something very similar occurred in, um, I believe it was Minnesota when the 17 year old boy brought an AR to a BLM protest and proceeded to kill multiple people. He, a lot of things came out about what he was like in high school or. Yeah. And like why that. And it ultimately it's not necessary. I don't want to know about the human side of people who are willing to brutally murder others, especially, um, especially in such a public form and, and also that they were proud to do. Right. Sometimes those reports on the, sh- you know, those who commit mass murder, um, their personal stories come out before the victims. I yeah. just thought about it's like now we, we just now know all the names. Yeah, there was actually a very interesting conversation Tina and I were having right before this where I was realizing that I knew his name and I had seen this um, this murderer's name before I had seen any sort of collected list of any of the victims' names or honestly any of their names in the first place. It took me a good, like, until, was this, like, a week or almost a week later mm-hmm. to find all their names online and to find like a consistent list of names. Cause sometimes they actually changed from new source to new source for me. Yeah. And that, that makes it, I make, wow. Words are hard. Uh, I understand <laughs> <laughs> that, um, you know, confidentiality, but, but it's still interesting that we just get to learn so much about, who this person was that killed eight people. And that's kind of the first thing that we absorb about them. Yeah. So we're going to go. So before really diving into everything, we're going to go into the data about violence, racism, hate crimes towards Asian Americans. Um, We have been saying the words AAPI, which uh, means Asian American and Pacific Islanders. So we have this information from Stop AAPI Hate Campaign. Um, We will add it as a resource later on. So this is some of the data that we were able to pull from their most recent report, which is about eight out of 10 AAPI youth, 77%, express anger over the current anti-Asian hate in this nation. And six out of 10, 60%, also expressed disappointment over racism. AAPI youth who experienced racism firsthand were more likely to be concerned about the safety of their family and saddened. Um, And wait, so 30% were more likely to worry about their family and 30% were also more saddened than their peers who didn't face this type of hate. Um, Harassment focused on blaming China and Chinese people as the source of virus and on mocking Chinese dietary habits are obviously on the increase, especially when it comes to COVID-19 and some of the terminology that has been formed around it. Um, AAPI youth care deeply about anti-Asian hate because they believe any form of racism is wrong. That's 34%. And that blaming one group for COVID-19 is incorrect. Um, 
So with that, it, we have to go into the terminology that is really formed around COVID-19. I recently saw a report that there have been over 500 hate crimes in the U.S. towards Asian Americans that most haven't even been reported on. And that's also not including the ones that just weren't talked about, like weren't reported to the police. Um, yeah, and I think when it comes to the numbers, like some folks might see the 30% numbers as something that is low. And I think we do have to remember, which we'll go into the play of white supremacy on the mindset of Asian Americans that, and I have felt this too, that my experiences are not worth talking about because they're not validated. And I don't see that. And that goes into kind of the language of coronavirus and COVID-19 that um, I'll just go into that. And just like America's fixation and imperialist imperialism on dominating China is really what stems from this long history and tension with these two countries. And then also once Chinese folks or Asian people in general had reached uh, mainland America, then, you know, that's even more complicated because now they want to, you know, dominate and have Asian people assimilate to whiteness. Um, And so I think something that I am going to look into because, again, the acts of white supremacy does silence the experiences of just about everyone. Um, And like I'm still learning about my history. I don't know a ton of the history. There's a lot of people that don't know anything about Asian Americans at all. Like, how did we get here? I don't really know. Um, and so there is a PBS article on the history of racism against Asian Americans, and I'm definitely gonna include that once we're done. And um, kind of stemming from that too, we have to bring in Trump. There's no way to avoid that for me and how he has exacerbated this virus to not only blame it on China, but then also directly and indirectly blaming it on Asian people and specifically Chinese people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is saying things like Kung flu and the China virus and all these things that make me want to punch a hole in the wall. Um, And his presidency and his position of power also have nationalized it so that has spread this freaking disease that he is and just people absorb that and also thinking about how like even though you know china has a ton of different populations and different people who reside in china that are not just chinese because people specifically white folks uh, may not know i mean people in general but it's more dangerous with white folks who don't know the difference between different Asian communities. And so, you know, people who are South Korean may look Chinese to some people. And that's, and that makes sense because it's you, if you've never been around different groups of people who are Japanese or Hmong, then how are you going to know? Like that makes sense. Um, And at the same time, the monolithic approach to Asian people and grouping everyone together is also dangerous because then you might think you're targeting a certain group, but you're affecting everybody. Yeah, I think that's a really important note to make is that um, a lot of this conversation has been pointed specifically at um, China 
and Chinese Americans. But due to this other form of racism, which is not being educated on different cultures or different um, different countries of Asia and how different people look, there is also <laughs> this like just generalization of everybody when it comes to that and that allows hate crimes to spread uh into multiple areas um well when first off they no one is to blame for the virus the virus started the virus happened and that's it um and ultimately the reason that it is so rampant in the u.s is due to the way that our government chose to handle it and the narrative and the terminology that went around it and how and that is what impacted us more than where it may have come from or right and so i put in a little like i know we're kind of in the middle of our conversation but really wanting to put a little action point for everyone to reflect on your views on asian culture kind of the term of culture and also asian reflect on that what does that mean to you reflect on your ideas about china as a country um if it's negative i will fight someone like why do you think that though (laughs) but like still reflecting internally because a lot of this work is internal i've done my work mary's done work we're doing work right now this having this conversation is work and if you are holding certain ideas about china it could be positive or negative i would just challenge you to ask where that came from. Is it from movies? Is it from the really watered down history textbooks that you have at school? Is it from friends? Is it from, you know, music or whatever? Um, So learning how to deconstruct that. Yeah. Um, Right. Um, And then again, we we did touch on, I definitely touched on white supremacy um, and parts of white supremacy are the act of policing and so i do want to bring in the police response to the shooting in atlanta and that there has been increased police presence in asian communities in order to protect um them (laughs) because this is happening and at the same time i know and there are folks who do also agree that we protect us and the police doesn't and so There has been increased talk um, around sex work, which we'll go into later. Mm -hmm. And I think the the big danger with policing in Asian communities and in any community that is majority people of color anyhow is, I think of immigration and citizenship status. I think of migrant workers who may, you know, not be here documented. I think of people who maybe their green card just expired and they haven't gotten the time to renew that but they're still working and they're still staying in the community and if the police find that they're gonna go head first like they're they're not they're gonna forget the fact of why they're they were sent out in the first place um and so this larger narrative that's been said about asian american folks and really what happened specifically with again going towards our um main reason why we're talking is the violence against Asian women specifically. Um, Everything we're talking about with the sexualization of Asian women, hate crimes, police brutality, toxic masculinity, they're all products of white supremacy. I very much 
like see a funnel when I think of these things and mm-hmm. how this narrative that Asian women are passive and racism doesn't happen to Asian Americans really divides people within the Asian community and other people of color with Asian folks. So it's really just an act of division. Yes, I um, I completely agree with that. And we're gonna get into that when we're talking about the concept of um, model minorities. But I think something that we really wanted to talk about first was violence against Asian women. And a lot of that has to do with the exoticism that comes with um, being an Asian woman that a lot of people either knowingly or um, don't knowingly uh, possess. And that is sexualizing and fetishizing. Um, A lot of this has to do with the stereotype that Asian women are submissive and that plays into toxic masculinity and white supremacy. Um, There's also something to be said, I think, about Oh, I don't even know where to really go with this. So please jump in at any point, Tina. But um, there's a note here that I think I'd really like you to touch on, which is as if their bodies are for consumption only Mm. and dehumanizing. And I think that's the major role in um, what happened in Georgia and what happened. And this was due to the fact that there also could have been the possibility of sex work being involved. Yes, and so um, I had taken this really great class on gender and globalization that has really, like this conversation has stemmed from that. Um, And how main, like specifically in this conversation, Asian women bodies are a commodity and therefore consumption only versus seeing the human that is an Asian American woman, like that's just what it is. Um, And I think Mary, you were the one who brought up kind of this, the reason, one of the reasons there is this act of sexualization and exoticism is this idea and act of domination. And this is specifically coming from white men. And okay, not only do you have white supremacy, but you also have the patriarchy and those systems that we internalize, they then like this shooter feel entitled to dominate, control, and consume Asian women specifically, because apparently we're just so tempting that he had to go and kill people. Um, And so that's where that was coming from. And I also had like a little comment too. It made me think about, this is another conversation, but it made me think about um, the consumption of Asian culture in general. So Chinese food, um, anime, K-pop, and these things oh, that this, like, a lot of the, almost like fad or trend as right but like this is a part of our culture but white people love to consume and then be and romanticize it and take it as their own yeah but then if we if we like, like we if asian folks you know participate in this then it's just like oh that's weird it's just like I think of specifically how everybody was really into the lucky cat or sriracha or pho sriracha for a while. Mm. Like there were these um, major like fads or trends that went around it. And it was to the point that like companies like Urban Outfitters, Forever 21, Target, they were producing things to profit off of these trends, which capitalism, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So I think something else that we kind of wanted to talk about was the narrative of sex work that is coming in with this um, horrific event. And there has been a lot of discussion around whether these, um, a lot of the female victims uh, were sex workers or not. And for me, I think Tina and I actually had a really interesting discussion and I would love to hear more on um, what you've been seeing uh, when it comes in terms of articles. But my immediate thought is, it seems as though sex, the, the curiosity around whether these women were sex workers or not has more to do with whether they were worthy victims. And I say this in the sense of like, as if the, which like, we all have to admit that sex working is not as, is not nearly as protected of an industry as a lot of other industries. There's a lot more risk that comes with that. And that's because that there's no established protection around these things. That being said, that does not make these people any less of victims than what they were on top of it we don't know if these women were sex workers or not and the fact that there's so much of a conversation around this rather than if they were rather than the fact that they were murdered their lives were ended is adding additional trauma in my mind to the families who don't need that right now yeah and i've seen and i definitely get what you're saying because there's been so much conversation about sex work um, from the things that I've been seeing in terms of the articles that I've read and the people that I follow um, that are in this activism work is that even though we don't know if they were sex workers, I'm really not sure where that narrative stemmed from. And I think because they were Asian women, women in general working at a massage parlor, I think both of those kind of started that conversation. Um, and then also that this shooter just pulled the card of like, you know, I have an addiction, so it's it's their problem. So I think, sorry, can I? Yeah, I feel like, yeah. I just made this connection that we have had so much narrative around him and how he could have had a sex addiction. He was struggling with this. He had a bad day. All these words have come out. And why is there such a conversation around whether these women are actual victims or not because of their sex work? And it is actively dehumanizing them because that is the connotation that comes with sex work is that you are not a victim and you are a less than because you work in it, which is a problem and is a conversation that needs to change. But it is another way of them attempting to dehumanize and just make these women's bodies commodities rather than actual bodies that held like a human being. Right, right. And I think whether or not that they were sex workers, like even if they were and even though they're not, there's they are dehumanized at those two levels. Yeah. Being an Asian woman, being a sex worker that's an Asian woman, or being a woman in general. The and maybe this is coming from the police, maybe this is coming from the news that um my dog is so loud right now. Um she that whether or not whoever they were and what capacity that they lived in, um, it's still going to be about him. And that's the problem. Yeah. And I think about like, my aunt is a masseuse. (laughs) And um, that's just what she likes to do. So maybe that's what they like to do is give massages. Or maybe that's just work. You have to like you also have to think about yeah it's it's the only work that they're they're able to do 
And that's another thing about the consumption of Asian culture and also Asian services is the nail salon, massage parlors, fucking Panda Express. I don't know. Yeah. Like if you have the audacity to consume these services, but not fight for the abolishment of white supremacy, I was going to say racial equity, but it's really white supremacy. If you aren't, if you are silent in these areas, but you're still able to consume from this narrative, that's problematic. Yeah. And I, I think that, oh, I want to say my last sentence and yes. like close this out on my end is that I want to emphasize that any act of violence from a white American man is essentially rooted in racism, sexism, and classism, all inclusively, even if one may face front over the other. Yes. Period. That's it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that this person consciously realizes that it's rooted in that. We don't know if the if this terrorist realizes that it was rooted in that, but it is always. Oh no, he didn't. That. No. Yeah. I'm. I don't even want yeah. to talk about him anymore. I'm just saying, like in general. No, like when we is see that, whether consciously or subconsciously. Right, because the thing is, most of us are not consciously aware of it. And that's that's not our fault because that's done on to us. We've well, have been silenced for a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, like, I still have to work things that I work through, things that I realize that I don't consciously understand, but have been put in my mind and therefore subconsciously sit there and change my right. thought. And I think that applies to everybody. That being said, it's not an excuse. So... Uh, the other thing that we're going to go into is the toxicity of being of the um, idea of the model minority, and this has been something that has been pushed on a lot of Asian American on just Asian Americans in general, and it is the idea that they are almost better than other minorities because they are closer to whiteness, and this is extremely toxic. Um, the biggest thing that came to my mind at first is that because of this they are less likely to face violence and therefore it is not a problem that they have this allows us to then look at things that were actively terrorism against this group or a hate crime against this group or something that was racially motivated and look at it and be like that wasn't racially motivated because they don't have the problems that black people may have when in fact every minority has these problems because everything is so rooted in white supremacy and to look at this group and kind of what you were saying earlier to invalidate this mm -hmm. racial hatred that comes upon this group is not it it doesn't help anyone <laughs> like i don't know how else to say it like it is so sinister because not only does it not allow this group to realize what is going on within their own culture and even stunts a lot of people who may be within mm -hmm. the Asian American community um, do not even realize that they're racially oppressed in some way because it's so validated. Ooh, facts. <laughs> um, we have this thing that is happening amongst the Asian American community where it's just not talked about because it's not valid in the minds of white people or white supremacy. Um, yeah. It also creates a divide for amongst communities of people of color, which I think you wanted to kind of expand on, Tina. Um, yeah, cause it, and you touched on it too, is that this almost like comparison of like 
who's more oppressed? Yeah. Like, this like game. who has it worse? Like, oh, right. like, it's... Um, yes, and, and the thing is, it's, don't play that game. Like, it's, it's hard to talk about because not only do I not want to say the wrong thing, but two, there, I'm, again, I mentioned, I'm still learning about the history of Asian Americans and, and Chinese people specifically. Um, and so, and learning about my family's history because I'm first gen born in America. Like I don't, there's a lot of things I don't know. And there's a lot of things that I'm not going to know because of the silencing. Like my dad came here on a fucking boat. Does he want to talk about it? I doubt it. Like, and I'm not going to like press that. Yeah. Like, why would I want to press that and be like, tell me, tell me all about your trauma right now. So I can understand mine. Like, I would never want to put that on someone else, even though, you know, it might directly affect me as his offspring, but like, that's still so personal. And so I think that's something that honestly, another action item for folks is like, listen to people who this is directly affecting. Yeah. So this conversation on AAPI hate crimes, listen to AAPI folks and listen to that as truth. Like if you are listening to folks or maybe there are news anchors that are Asian, like just because they're a part of the media doesn't mean that you should invalidate that. Because I think there's something said if you look at an AAPI folk and think, oh, they're just, they're just saying that. It's like, no, there's something going on. Yeah. And for those who may not fully understand almost like this comparison of thing of like, you know, hatred or racial oppression is to almost compare to like, I'm sure many of us have had this thought where you're just like, oh God, I'm so, like very, 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 yeah, yes. this. but like to yes. almost say like when, so when you're sitting there and you think, oh, I, I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten breakfast and I'm so tired. I only got five hours of sleep last night or something like that. And then you look at the next person who didn't have breakfast and who didn't have dinner last night and only slept for three hours that night before, right? And then in your mind, mm. you go, they're like, oh, then my, then I shouldn't even be complaining. Okay, yes. I want to, yes, I want to go off on that. And because I've, I've felt this specifically and, and you, you touched on this and how, like, because the narrative around Asian American oppression has been dividing different groups of ethnic minorities because of white supremacy. I have had moments where I'm like, well, I, well, at least I'm not this, at least I'm here, at least I'm this. So like, why am I complaining? Why would I need, right. But then again, yes. And then that devalues my experiences. Yeah. So, and and, and that's something less than. Right. And then it, I mean, not only is it bad for your mental health, but it's going to catch up. And I'm saying that now because I'm processing a lot right now. <laughs> that if things that happen to you in that, you know, whatever situation that you're in that is timely, and then you having to kind of reject that experience and say like, well, at least I'm not this, and at least my people this, or at least this, then that's going to kick you in the butt. Yeah, love. Oh, is that love? I love love. Okay. Yeah, she talks a lot. So I think we should probably start to wrap this up. And um, 
with that, we're going to say the victim's name and their age. I cannot promise that I will pronounce everything perfectly well, but um, here we are trying. Yeah, so we have Delania Ashley Young, she was 33. Paul Andre Michaels was 54. Um, Shoshi Ya Tan was 49. Dao Yu Feng was 44. Suncha Kim, 69. Hyun Yoon Grant, 51. Su Chung Park was 74. And Yong A Yu uh, was 63. And I think those are the names we need to know before we know the name of the man who decided to end their lives. Right, right. And then we are going to end also with just steps you can take in. in, I mean, of course, you can take a lot from this conversation, but more of like action items. Um, The AAPI community is, is very vulnerable right now, and they continue to be vulnerable, and especially the elders. And I think that Honestly, put your money where your mouth is. I'm just going to go straight for it. Like, there are a few um, groups that I've found that I feel could use the boost. And there is one in San Francisco. It is the Chinese Progressive Association supporting working class Chinese communities in SF. And so you can donate uh, donate to them directly. And I'll put the link in the caption, too. And then um, a great website and a great organization for incarcerated AAPI folks um, is the Asian Prisoner Support. And so I'll also add that. And then mental health with the Asian community can be very minimal. Um, So there is an Asian Mental Health Collective um, that you can follow not only on Instagram, but also have resources and donate that is on their website. And so I'll include all of that. And the big thing that I wanna push to is to join these conversations i feel like with the phones with internet in general diversify your feed go out of your way to do a google search like it is i i feel it is so easy especially for people who are on this app to internalize this information and do something with it it's really just on you to do that Yeah, and on top of it, we're going to be adding resources and links at the end of it. For the most part, it's going to be a lot of Instagram ads. If you want to do something, diversify your feed. Follow two of them. Follow three of them. Just share this video. Like Share this video. Do what you need to do because... So Mary's phone died, and I guess we're going to end it there because that was basically it. Um, Hopefully, I'm still talking, and... um... All right.